Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealth Magic Podcast. I have three wonderful guests, as you may remember from last week and two, uh, Pixie Dust, Yasmin, and Mars. And today we're going to talk about ritual number two, the second working, which includes the angels of omnipotence. Today's going to be a very exciting topic because this is where we actually get into the nitty gritty, where a lot of people actually give up on the working or there's a lot of fear surrounding it. So it's very exciting that we get to bring this to you. And we're going to talk about uh, symbolism, esoteric aspects, the angels of omnipotence, and a couple other surprising things too, the history behind it. So we'll go ahead and get started. So first of all, the symbolism, right? There's a lot of symbolism in uh, the wealth magic ritual number two. And if we go around, you guys, if you want Mars, you could start, say, uh, Jasmine, Pixie, and then I'll chime in on that as well. Uh, anything about symbolism, esoteric aspect of it, like go for it. Floor's yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can definitely start. Uh, well, <clears throat> I think it'd be important if, you know, maybe we should crack op open the book really quickly sure. and, and let's take a look at the ritual flow together. How, how does that sound, guys? Okay. So I'm pulling out my handy dandy Wealth Magic book. And I apologize for not having it, but I now have it in front of me. Um, so omnipotence transfer, uh, transformation. Um, there's a lot of ways we could go with this. Um, but I think that, um, yes, me, I think we have some, some research uh, and some literature that you might be able to share, right? Oh, the, um, the source, the sixth, seventh book of Moses, you mean? Correct, yeah. Maybe, do you have anything on that that you want to share? Yeah, I, I have it in front of me, but it's, <laughs> I have to admit, admit I didn't get to read the whole thing, so. There's yeah. a lot. Okay. Hold There's on. a lot yeah. that goes into it. There's so, it's actually kind of confusing to read through as well. The source material, a lot of the angels of omnipotence and uh, the second working of wealth magic is very heavily derived from the sixth and seventh book of Mo Moses. And I believe even right. Damon Brand mentions it on the first page of, uh, if you have the <laughs> wealth magic book, it's on page 45. Uh, the three angels of omnipotence are Elubatel, Ibihuel, and Atuesuel, all revealed in the sixth and seventh book of Moses. So that's the source okay. material. Yes. Correct. I'm looking at it now and um, on page seven of the sixth and seventh book of Moses, um, if you look at, at the sigil or talisman that the gallery made, then um, you see, hold on. Okay, where, where is this? 47 of Wealth Magic. Oh. Oh, okay. Wait, okay. The characters on the left and on the right. So page seven, Book of Moses characters on the left side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Most High. I have to read from the Book of Moses now, you'll understand. And those are the characters that you see on the right side of the CGO. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those weird 
pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. Okay. These are the high and powerful, uh, powerful utterances which Moses employed in the awakening of the Leviathan in order to compel him to serve his Lord. The first cannot be uttered and was used by the first inhabitants of earth as a mighty Lord. The whole is good, but not everyone can obtain it in perfection without severe discipline. And then, as, as I said before, on the right side, you have those weird characters, which are the Ark of the Covenant of the Most High. And on the left side, in the Wealth Magic book, or the, I mean, in the Talisman, you have these other weird characters with, with, which look like lions, like weird symbols, and then there's like lines, like straight lines, almost like a, a capital I. Mm -hmm. And it says in the seventh book of Moses, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is God alone. And then it says the conjured spirits appears in a pillar of fire. And those are different characters that um, are not on there, but I think it's about this part being in the middle, middle in the middle part I found. Hold on, I found it. Okay, this is part, page 15. Hold on, is that all right? No, I'm not sure because I know that the middle characters, that's the funny part. It's not the three angels, it's Leviathan, actually. Mm -hmm. And someone else showed it to me. Bear with me. Or is it this? It's like the print is so bad that I have, it's hard to see. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really complex book. I, I remember looking at it a couple times before. Oh, no, it is. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Sit chapter is. Page 15, chapter 8, citation of Quornithi or Leviathan. Those are those Hebrew letters. So it's actually calling upon a couple different spirits, huh? With these characters, or not directly, but they're indicated on this talisman. Yes. Yeah. You know, this really makes me think a lot about king solomon a little bit and not to like deviate but you know king solomon was very well uh well known especially in masonic traditions uh to be you know beyond the king of israel to be a very uh uh uh, uh, uh powerful maggie um yeah and uh he uh was able to command a series of of different demons to obtain um the 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 uh, power the manpower uh, to dedicate a temple to, to for the worship of God, right. and um, here's an example of a magician, a very powerful one at that, who uh, has been granted these powers by the supreme being um, to perform this magic. But he was. This is a matter of balance, right? He's using negative. Uh, what some people can describe as negative. I'm not going to get into the discussion of that. Mm -hmm. But it's like a it's like a car battery, right? You know, in order to start your car, you, you kind of need both positive and negative to be able to create that 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 
uh, that spark to ignite your engine. And, and, this is, uh, and this is the symbolism that I, that I described with Solomon. Um, but when we talk about what Yasmin is talking about right now, it really makes me think about how Moses, in order for him to become, you know, this powerful, uh, uh, omnipotent creature, it describes, you know, it, 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 the symbolism that I feel it, it describes is that God is really a state of being, hmm. you see. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I get from that. What do you think? So, I'll pick up. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Okay, I'll pick up really quick just on something. Uh, I thought it was interesting, Mars, what you just said about the positive and negative. Um, I was kind of in the background just um, doing some research on the uh, sixth and seventh book of Moses, and I came across this website, and I've been looking at these sigils, and there's sigils taken out of the um, sixth and seventh books, and given an explanation and on um, I'm on an esoteric archives.com website right now. Um, and then there, it says a figure 84 for the left hand um, is the sigil in the book or the markings in the book uh, on page 47 of wealth magic. Um, there's a figure for the left hand and a figure for the right hand. And on the sigil on page 47, um, the left hand is actually the left hand sigil that it says on here is actually on the right side of the right. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed too. They they switched the sides. I know. Yeah. yeah, and then the and then the left hand is on the right side. But when you just brought up the positive and negative um, that you mentioned, Mars, I thought that was interesting because it it may be like with the right and left, you know, the positive and negative. It kind of comes back into that um, that charging or the the um, setting it up for you know for success in in uh, in an electrical current, so to speak, you know, if it actually was like in a positive and negative. So I think that that's interesting with the right and the left hand, like being in there for a balance, so to speak, of the sigil. Um, and I'm not quite sure, you know, how much more in depth to go with that. But I've been looking at that kind of thinking that how interesting it was that they even switched it. But maybe it's just in order to help <clears throat> charge the talisman since we need to do that in the first place before starting out the ritual. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not able to identify the Hebrew letters in the middle yet, but um, maybe somebody else has looked at that. Um, but I'm sure there's something still taken from the sixth and seventh books. But Yeah, the middle is Leviathan. Oh, right. Yes, Leviathan. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Interesting. So, so finding out this information before we even get into the nitty gritty of the ritual itself, we have some indication that there are some other powerful spirits at work here. And it's very ancient tradition, uh, magical tradition that has been kind of compiled into this little, this little ritual. And it's interesting because this is actually the second ritual, I guess like third part of the book, uh, second ritual. So it's all about transformation and setting the stage and precedence for the rest of the entire working and, and life itself. Kind of the angels of omnipotence is uh, setting all that up. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, sorry. And the, what, really quick, what I was going to say was, you know, in order to understand really what the foundation of this ritual offers, you know, it's, it's important to understand what omnipotence actually means, you know, um, the quality of having unlimited or, or, or great power. And if you can transfer this definition into the very being of, uh, wealth, um, we could already see, you know, what direction this ritual is going to take for you. And, and as, you know, as you said, Arjuna, and I, and I completely agree, 
this ritual sets the tone for the rituals ahead. It is the foundation. It, it is so important. Oftentimes I'm asked, do we need to do this again? And for people who are doing the ritual a second time, even they ask, should we, you know, should I do it again? And the answer is quite simply, if you're doing the book for the first time, it is absolutely essential. And there's, there's no debating it. And if you're doing it a second time, consider why you're doing it a second time. Because chances are, if you're doing it a second time, because you want to repeat, because you want the energies to be planted a certain way, then that's every reason why you need to perform the ritual. For sure. Part of the, like, I, I'm one of the people who have done it for a second time. And I've been asked a lot of times as well, do you need to repeat the second working? And the answer to me, if you ask me, is absolutely 100% yes. Because the, the first round of Wealth Magic that I did, the second working was pretty tumultuous. It caused a, like a very harsh separation of somebody who was very close to me at that time in my, in my life. And it was like a harsh separation to where it caused a lot of pain. But and, and like thinking about that for the second time, I'm wondering, do I want to experience that again? But you know, what made me realize is what, what is the purpose I'm even doing this for? I'm trying to solidify wealth magic. I'm trying to set myself up for a life of wealth and abundance and things like that. And in order to do that, I don't have, like, if there is something that I'm attached to in my daily life, I have to be willing to let that go in the, in favor of bringing in a lifestyle of wealth. So that's kind of like how, that disruption works in a way. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, just to kind of extrapolate off that a little bit more, I apologize, but, you know, and I can go on and on with this. Um, but the, the very fact that the, uh, th that these angels can um, sort of manipulate time and, um, and, and, and traverse your entire uh, life um, to really get things to match up, um, I have experienced moments um, after having done this ritual where things properly and, and almost to, a, to, a, to an absolute perfection intersected with my past to create opportunities for wealth that, you know, in the past I wondered why, you know, why am I doing this or why? And you know, later on realizing, holy cow, I'm really happy that I did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I have this experience because I know, because I have a perspective um, because of those experiences. So, um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. But yes, let's, let's proceed. Awesome. So we kind of talked a little bit about the esoteric aspects of it. We kind of talked about the, the original source material. So we can go around, like, what is... Um, some experience that you have going through the ritual. Uh, what was the beginning part of the ritual? Like, how does uh, how does it all play out for from the rest of you guys? Or like the experiences that you've had working with the ritual? I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. It was rough for me personally too. Um, I can I can go on this a little bit. Um, 
just to point out so my personal experiences with this um it was the first ritual where i felt the strong presence of the angels uh when when working with them especially when singing um and i found that the more effort i put into my singing in the first place the stronger a presence i felt um so i really just to note i really think that the angels enjoy when we sing you know if, if it sounds nice even if it doesn't um you know they just appreciate the effort that we put into it um and it says that in the book it says you know the more effort that you put into achieving your own wealth the better the angels will help you um you know in, in assisting this kind of lifestyle that we wish to achieve and so anyway so when working with this yeah it was rough right? and, it, and it's a long one it's a 33 day long ritual you know um so it's over a month um of, of singing in all these directions and um and you know but people do talk about like the discomfort and the challenges that they face and for me personally um i had to go back and kind of make notes of what all i experienced at the time and i do have a video up uh on my youtube channel about where i talk a little bit in depth about one of these but um i remember during this time like i faced a lot of disruptions that essentially they broke down the barriers of of um obstacles that were in the way of me opening up my life to achieving more wealth, um, such as, you know, an old living situation that I was just stuck in and not happy in, um, and, and as far as, and as jobs as well. Um, and then I was also, during this time, I was also scammed out of about $550 uh, from a loan consolidation company, um, a fake one in California. And, um, you know, here I am trying to uh, change my perspective on, on wealth and, and, and do this ritual and then thinking that I'm going doing myself a favor by consolidating my loans um, <laughs> and later to find, you know, that I'm making these payments to a nothing company and that I'm, then I'm lost like $550, which I found out they usually get people for 900 to 1200 um, So in that sense, I mean, I did pretty good, but no one's really ever wanting to lose $550. Um, you know, and it wasn't really a loss that I was happy to take at the time. Um, and there was also like just some other stuff that happened where just some damages in life at the time that I needed to pay money. But in hindsight, they essentially um, set me up for a better future. Um, at, and not, not a far-sighted future, but a nearsighted future, you know, just within the next year. And I did, I did like what Mars said too, um, and then I'll, and then I'll, pass the baton on to somebody else but about um how it helped or i forget exactly how you say it but how it like aligned with some of the decisions and things that you've made it done in the past um you know because I've, I've worked jobs in the past or, or done things where i'm like why you know this is just a filler job like i'm just here for whatever reason because i need to make money you know and it's not something that i want to stick with but then you know even in this past year with the job i currently have or with one of them, um, it's connected back to my like very, some very first jobs ever, you know, and 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 relationships have um, kind of blossomed from them from that, and um, and it, it it all just kind of wraps around and and some of the like skills and stuff that I'd, I'd had in the past and still have, you know, but we're on the back burner of kind of come back to light, and it's just interesting how it all um and like connects and and you know if it's something that is um that you're good at and beneficial to you and is a is a uh, outlet for achieving wealth of any sort i feel like the angels will pick that back up 
and and bring it to light again you know if it if it can be used kind of in this formula of achieving wealth if any of that makes sense but um yeah i this was a, <laughs> a long tiring ritual but um it's definitely important and i would 100 percent do it again because i'm also doing wealth magic a second time now and i have full intention of doing all 33 days of this ritual again so great Man, that's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> have real life experience with this again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. We'll see what happens this time. <laughs> yeah. But what about you guys? Did y'all face any any sort of trials or op or um, obstructions, you know, that were later positive? Yeah, I did. Um, I can say that for me, it was a a pivotal point in my previous career um, where like I, I was experiencing a lot of losses. Uh, so first of all, I didn't sing to the angels. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I tried, but you know, I, I, I preferred to always, you know, vibrated. I wasn't, I'm, I wasn't really a big fan of singing, of singing to them in general. Um, but you know, the, the, the ritual itself was really tiring. I remember times when, you know, I, I, I had to skip the ritual a couple of times, uh, like a, like a day because there was just so much going on around me in terms of like events, uh, unfolding. It was a very active ritual. I can say that, um, the events that I would experience were manageable. And I felt that despite, they, despite them being extremely big losses, ones that mostly dented my self-esteem, and, and there's, a, there's a reason why I say self-esteem. Um, but when these things happened, they really uh, deteriorated my outlook for uh, my career, my business at the time. And, um, and I remember, you know, one day just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm just so done with this. I'm done with, I hate my job. I hate, you know, these angels did this to me. And I had no idea how I was going to get through this. It was, I was, I was anxious every day. Um, you know, I didn't really get the depression that a lot of people experience. Um, Although I, I have met and spoken to, uh, and I have personal relationships with people who have uh, experienced severe depression, um, but I never experienced that. It was it was usually just you know really severe anxiety, you know, just thinking about the future, like not knowing what to expect next, and you know I was really on my guard all the time. Um, I uh, I was pulling up my um daily practice notes and I was reading a, an entry that I had put in where I, uh, I I had you know clearly in the notes um, you know obviously uh, 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 was I, in my notes I, I seemed and I don't remember it but I seemed uh, really upset and troubled and didn't know how I was going to pull through this um, and you know um, at the same time, though, one thing that was very interesting, and I think 
I think that if you're doing the, day, uh, the, 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 the second working and if you're not experiencing any of this, then it's not working, you know, but um, I, you know, I distinctly remember uh, just telling myself, I've got to change. I thought about my kids. I thought about my wife, you know, we were barely making things happen. And um, this was actually right around the time that like I was actually getting married too with my wife as well. So um, we like, all these things were happening. I think I probably gained a bunch of weight too around that time. No, not, no kidding. Like I was like so stressed out and so frustrated with everything that was going on that um, it was, it was a cluster of, of, of many different things. But the one thing that kept me very motivated to continue pushing and chugging along was numerology. And I started seeing a lot of 11s and 22s and 44s and, you know, a lot of 55s. And by the way, even after doing Wealth Magic, I'm still seeing a lot of numbers. And I think that the spirits really tend to communicate with me or at least try to grab my attention with numerology because if i see numerology i'm they know basically they know how to get my attention and i'm now what i experience after which i believe is really tied to this ritual is that every single time some major event is unfolding in my life i see a lot of numerology everywhere and it's it's almost like in your face like hey you need to go do a tarot reading or you need to interpret what I'm talking to you about, but there are opportunities that you need to be taking a look at, that you need to be noticing. And um, I talked earlier about how these angels, you know, they can traverse time and they can, um, you know, uh, play around a little bit with your past. And I was talking to you about how like my past and my, and my present were sort of, intersecting with each other in these really weird ways that were you, you know like when you get a, a magical manifestation that feeling that 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 wow like oh my god like that eye-opening feeling like oh my god I just did that that was me I just I just made that happen with magic you, you know what I'm talking about yeah, of course I, I like I started having those mo I started having those feelings when these moments were happening and it, the feeling that I, the best way to describe it was, was almost as if like, it was literally planted. Like, like maybe I like went back in time. It felt like I went back in time a little bit and these specific events happened so that the now could, 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 could manifest. Mm -hmm. And it's so bizarre, but <laughs> but it is, it is what it is. And, you know, this is, this is how I feel about ritual two. And if I could summarize what ritual two has done for me, um, as, as a person who has experienced a lot of success with this book is that ritual two, despite, uh, uh, besides it being the foundation of ritual of, of the entire book, it has allowed me to experience and, and, and know and be aware of my, of my value, of my, excuse me, of my worth. 
And that is critical if you intend to have a prosperous relationship with wealth and with finances and with money in general. If you respect your body and if you respect yourself and you don't allow people to use you, but you instead create and forge your own path forward, you will, you know, you, you basically with this, with these set, with this set of, uh, uh, of, of uh, esteem for yourself helps you accomplish for some reason, it just helps you accomplish more. Your, your direct relationship with the universe changes when you hold yourself in high esteem and regard. I completely agree. Yeah. Absolutely. So kind of you were talking about uh, traveling through time and whatnot, and I'm 100% on board with that. I do believe that's what the angels are doing. Like they're literally going back in time analyzing your past experiences and communicating with your past, channeling that towards the present and then channeling it even further to the future and kind of tying it all in. So it makes sense to me. This is how I rationalize it too. Cause in the ritual, at the end of the ritual, it asks you to put your right hand over the talisman and say, I call on you mighty angels, Elubatel, Ebuhuel and Atubesuel to carry me through life in a state of limitless wealth. I call on you to let wealth flow to me and through me. And then it says, I call on you to shift time, bend reality and lay before me a path that guides me to live a life of wealth. And mm. as soon as I read that for the first time, I realized that what you were saying, Mars, is absolutely what was happening. Because uh, time, from what I know, like from a metaphysical standpoint, not necessarily proven standpoint, like time is not linear. And even though we can only experience it in one way, spirits don't live in our reality. They don't live in our plane. So they could probably be able to access our past. And they're likely also able to... Uh, access our future so the angels what we're, what we're asking them to do in this ritual is to pull who we are from the past shift our memories and shift our experiences and take what we experienced in the past and change the way we look at them so maybe if something really bad happened to us in the past we don't look at it as such a bad victim mindset situation we instead look at it like, okay, that happened. How can I grow from it? And how can I use this towards a life of wealth? And then likewise, in the future, there's things that haven't happened yet. And theoretically, hypothetically, the angels go into the future, look at our future experiences, and then kind of guide us into achieving the most logical path in front of us that will take us to a life of wealth and steer us away from the future choices that would have led us to a life of non-wealth, so to speak. Okay. Absolutely. And, you know, and important to, to understand, too, that the last bit that you had just mentioned there um, in this second working, um, when you're directly speaking to this to uh, to, the, to these spirits, you know, um, this is a pact and this is this is a real pact. And, you know, obviously, word for word is how you want, you know, per the guidance as suggested in the book uh, and by the Gallery of Magic. Um, but this is a pact. And keep in mind that with this kind of with this kind of language and the creation of this pact, if you allow these spirits to do this for you, and if you follow them, and if you if you listen to your intuition, and become, um, it, you have to really truly dedicate your life to this too. Like this has to be your everything. It can't be just occasional, 
you know, building wealth and being, uh, being wealthy and accomplishing what you want to accomplish in life from, uh, from a financial standpoint has to be your, your main focus. It's got to be your full-time job. Mm-hmm. And um, this pact uh, sets the tone, obviously, but it, um, I mean, that, that's essentially it. it. It really just sets the tone. And I just wanted to basically point out that this is a pact and that um, for, for, for all intents and purposes, what you say and what you command these spirits to do, this is what will happen. And this is what you need to be prepared for. I think that's why so many people don't pull through, you know, they, fall, mm. they don't finish the book. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's for a reason, because I, I agree, you have to get real and say, okay, how am I going to achieve wealth in this lifetime realistically? And you have to make a plan and you have to follow through. You can't just call on these ancient spirits and then say, I want to dedicate my life to a life of wealth or whatever it is you're saying, then not do shit in your real life. No, like for real, this has to be your main goal. Otherwise, there's no point. Yeah, and, and I uh, good. No, no, go ahead. Okay, really quick. I, I was thinking. Um, I feel like it relates back to the common fear of success that people have. Um, you know, I mean, yes, there's a fear of failure, but a lot of the times, um, I know myself to have more of a fear of success, and then actually achieving what I want to achieve, because then that means change and. Um, you know, discomfort in, in accessing the new and, and removing the old. Um, and, and, you know, in, in accessing the wealth that we wish to achieve or in achieving that wealth, like certain things are going to have to break down and, and change. And for a lot of people, like, they're like, well, I want, I want wealth, but I'm comfortable where I am. And it's like, well, then do you really want the wealth, you know? I mean, are you really willing to, are we really willing to go through these disruptions in order to achieve that? And, and you know, to just relate it to just a common human fear, that fear of success. And, um, you know, you really, like you see, you guys have been saying, you really have to be dedicated to doing this um, and, and get past that fear of success. Because if you really want success, then this is what's going to, you know, this can, is a great tool to help you achieve that. Um, and then also just to note on what you said, Mars, about, um, being kind to your body and not to get all, all biblical or anything, but I, the, just the term, you know, your body is a temple kind of came into my head and, and that applies in magic too, you know, because our body is the temple and is the tool that we're using to communicate to these angels and, and, or these entities or whatever. Um, so yeah, we need it to be as healthy and clear because whatever energy we are putting out there is going to be taken up and, and used, you know? So it's extremely vital or has become more vital to me even over the last few years of just, you know, taking care of ourselves and, um, and how that affects everything, you know, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, magically. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like what you said about that. And then just back to, yeah, back to achieving the wealth and, and the fear of success and all. I think it goes hand in hand, even just from a, a non-magical standpoint, but yeah. The fear of success is a real, real thing. And yes. having a lifestyle 
geared towards wealth it absolutely has to like i already know there's going to be people who want to know about the second ritual because they heard about it and they're going to come listen to this and for the people who did just what i said do not let this scare you away from doing wealth magic in the first place because these disruptions are absolutely necessary in order to set yourself up for a life of wealth on a on the other hand though if you are not ready to completely change your life into a state of acquiring wealth and change your mindset, change your living situation, change everything about it, then maybe this book is not for you because it does require a lot of dedication. Aside from the six months program that this book tells you to do, these rituals, you're going to have to shift a lot of things in your daily life. And the angels actually help make that easy or they make it hard, however you want to look at it. But that's kind of like there, it's removing a lot of the baggage that you may be holding in the past. Uh, for me, it removed a lot of the things that were getting in the way of me being successful and it opened the door for other things, which is going to be more in line with helping me be successful. Like for instance, uh, this is non magical. This is very secular, but for someone like Jeff Bezos, and I'm using this guy as an example because he has, he's like one of the biggest names out there in wealth and success. And this guy has to deal with so many problems. He has to deal with so many challenges, obstacles. He has to manage thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people and he's managing teams of people who is managing other teams of people and he has to make decisions despite what other people in society are saying they some people say that he's like crooked or whatever and he has to deal with that and he has to um he has to build a business based on what he thinks is going to be best for the business and that's not easy i mean i i'm nowhere near anywhere his level by any means but i have like a small uh, aspect of like, I, I get to experience what it's like to run a business, to, to manage people. And I'm doing that at a much smaller scale. And it requires a lot of mental fortitude because you have to make the best decision for many people. You have to make sure that you, how your decision is affecting other people's families, how they could put food on the table. And when it comes down to it, I had to have a lot more mental fortitude in order to do this. Like if I were to be put in this position five years ago, I would not be able to do it. I would crash and burn and I would run this company into the ground. But luckily, like over the past few years, I've slowly been able to build my mindset to be able to successfully lead a company. And I'm not making the best decisions all the time. I mean, I make a lot of bad decisions, but having the ability to discern between what is a good decision and what is a bad decision, or even like being able to handle the punches that come on a daily basis of running business. It's like, I have the ability to do that now because I've set the groundwork. I have, built the foundation. And that's from a secular point of view. If we're talking about from a magical point of view for this ritual, the second working, it kind of clears away a lot of the previous uh, parts of life that may make it difficult to run a business. For instance, I, I mentioned this earlier, but, and it's also in one of my other videos, uh, the second working, when I did it for the first time, I was in a relationship and I was living with that person and that during the second working, we actually broke up and it was very difficult because we were living together. We we're broken up and we went on our own separate ways, but it gave me the opportunity to really focus my, my mind and my attention straight into my work. Cause that's really what I wanted to do. I really wanted to just channel all of my energy into the work so I could become in a position to actually run the company. So Yes, that was very painful. It was extremely disrupting and it caused a lot of tension because we were living under the same roof and uh, we were kind of going our own separate ways. We were paying bills together and whatnot, but um, 
it just that's what had it ha- that's what had to happen so that's kind of like where the disruption comes from but it was absolutely necessary in order to like pixie was saying it's in hindsight all of it starts to make sense that mm-hmm. all of it was worth it and you had committed it's you so know true. you were committed to that you know um and in in the book too on page 46 in, of wealth magic it says um uh, let's see it says you define what wealth is and and you make your life about living in that state of wealth make your life about living with the wealth you desire commit to that and the angels will reward you you know um so and then it talks about using the magic as a training but you know that just goes to show uh or one really one more really quick it says um you know you're swearing to these angels that you want a healthy life or no excuse me wealthy life <laughs> Um, and healthy, probably. Uh, so if you sit back and act as though nothing is changing, they won't respond positively to your laziness. So, you know, that just is another example, Arjuna, of you committing, regardless, I know breakups are hard, you know, regardless of if, if the time, if it's run its course or whatever, that sounds like a sticky, kind of probably uncomfortable and painful situation to get out of, but it shows that you were committed to going with the flow, you know, of of what was happening in order to get you to where you are now. And you recently, you know, had a um, happy romantic experience. I don't want to say too much. So, you know, it, it, <laughs> you were in a pos- very positive place, I feel now. Um, and so it all worked out. But at the time, you know, you had to go through that to get to where you are today in this moment. So. I like the part that you um, talk about Pixie, when you're saying that, you know, the the lazy part that you had just suggested there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so true. You know, nothing that I have accomplished, and I can say that I have accomplished quite a bit, um, where, where, by the way, like, I've accomplished quite a bit whereby every other effort in the past um, had proven to fail, okay, since, since following the instructions of wealth magic, you know, I've accomplished many things and nothing that I've accomplished was, was truly by the help, by the help of the book. I mean, yes, it was, it, it, it was. And I, and, and, and like, I know that like what I'm explaining right now doesn't really make sense, but no opportunity was handed to me. I had to, uh, I had to learn new skills. I had to become financial, uh, financially literate. And I had to go through a lot of pain and suffering to find my, to find my way, to know my worth and to build upon all of these failures before actually seeing a, a, a really good success with this. So, you know, this isn't something that you're going to see immediate benefits from even after the seventh working. Um, but, you know, it's, but it's crucial that you experience everything, you know, and especially what we're talking about here today um, because every effort, every event and, and every, you know, every motion that, that, that you take in during, during this, uh, during this journey will be pivotal to the next and it will, um, it, it will essentially bring you um, that life of wealth that you're looking for. And, and I can guarantee it. Yeah, I think it's, I think the book 
goes in order for a reason, you know, the rituals. And this one is in the beginning or close to the beginning because it is vital for the rest of the, re the rest of the rituals to work to their full capacity, you know, um, and break down. Cause if you, I feel like if you put it at the last ritual and broke down everything at the end, then it's like, well, <laughs> now what, you know, I don't know. Um, so there's a, there's a rhyme and reason behind, behind it, behind the placement and everything. Yeah, process. for sure. Mm -hmm. The third working, the third working is where actually the money starts, which is interesting because that means to the daily practice, the first and the second ritual really wasn't a, fully about money. Is the third working is absolutely where the financial magic actually starts, which says a lot because by this point, we're maybe like two to three months into this uh, wealth magic thing, and we're not doing anything money related until the third ritual. So. All of this stuff is absolutely necessary. It's the beginning. It's really setting up everything in the future. Like you had already mentioned, we already talked about it too. And in order to actually fully receive the benefits of doing money magic, we kind of have to do all this stuff first. And yeah, it, this is the most opportune place in the book, in the whole wealth magic journey where the, this uh, ritual actually fits in. Yeah, I'd agree with that statement. I, I, I would say that the first ritual is definitely about interchanges. It's about, um, it's about get, getting your blood to actually pump um, like, like, it, you know, basically transmitting this message of, hey, it's time for wealth. It's time for alchemy. It's time for change you know, within your very being. I think that's what ritual one does. And, 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 you know, of course we've talked about the spirits in the ritual one, but I think this is really a, a an alchemical ritual, uh, ritual tool, you know, as we had talked about, it's definitely, um, you know, what we've discussed today, it, it's all about, yeah, still interchange. Um, but, but mostly, mostly create, it's mostly paving the way and clearing the path for your opportunity uh, into the ranks. You know, I think that like, if you did this book and, you know, honestly, I'm considering a third run and I'm seriously considering in the last working telling Clown Eck that I want to be on the Forbes list. I mean, we'll see. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with this second round that I'm doing, I'm trying to be more, um, I guess focused and and even just uh more almost intense with my with my desired results you know um and clearer about it so i intend to um put more energy into it to see if i can kind of just grow from where i've already grown since the first time i did it and you know you guys were also big inspirations behind doing it a second time as well so um you know because i believe all three of you have done it twice or maybe not maybe just no me only once okay okay yeah uh, but I know you had mentioned that maybe you want to do it again a second time. And I had kind of I put do. it off. Yeah, I wasn't I, really. You do? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, so we'll see how the how it'll, um, you know, kind of change from my current situation after the last changes. I don't know. Um, especially with a stronger intention or stronger focus as well. Yeah, it's definitely going to take a. I mean, it, it takes a strong person to be able to do it a second time. So I commend you for being able to do it a second time, let alone finish the first one. Cause it's a big thing that I've noticed people do is they're not able to even finish the first work, first run of wealth magic. And it's exactly. primarily they get hung up by the, 
this working right now. Like it scares a lot of people. So I want to be one of the people to definitely state that this is not something to be afraid of. It is part for the course. It is part of what we have to experience in order to continue going forward. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely want to, I definitely want to say, add to that. Um, yeah, you definitely underscored um, an experience that I've seen a lot, Arzuna, about um, first time goers and, and, and even, even second time goers um, that do this working. And, you know, yeah, once you get into that second working, I mean, you know, forget it. It's really tough. You're experiencing everything. Some people, you know, hey, they don't experience anything at all. And kudos to you. And, and, I, and, and they've had some success with this, with this book. And <clears throat> again, kudos to them. Um, but, you know, generally the, the, the common side of magical side effect is, is, is going to be some of the things we've outlined here. Um, I've already discussed how, you know, I feel if you are not experiencing these things, um, you know, uh, or, or excuse me, rather, I should rephrase that and say, if you are experiencing these things, you know that the magic is working. Um, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, again, just, uh, just keep in mind that the only way out is through. And I think if you can just try to keep that focus, you know, as you're navigating the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, you'll see it. And if you can just get past the second working, you know, guys, hear me out. If you can get past it, I promise you that everything else is going to, is going to smooth, is going to go really smoothly in, there will be a lot more <laughs> to, to sort of look forward to. And, um, you know, I, I feel that I have some, some, based on my experiences, I feel I have some very intimate relationships um, with some of the spirits um, in this book. I mean, I won't say that I've got the best relationship with the spirits in the second working, because, man, they really kicked my ass. But, you know, I've got some very personal relationships with these and uh, with these spirits and I, and sometimes I don't even know how to thank them. Hmm. So, yeah. You know what? To me personally, the fourth working is worse. I, and I know, I know someone else who did the same experience as me. The second one so disruptive. The second oh, the second working, but the fourth working almost like the second one on steroids in my, in my life and in his life too. Mm. So it's interesting. So I guess that's just person, certain people. That was the worst uh, few weeks of my life in the past couple, like in the past five years, easily. <laughs> Before the working, so bad. Wow. I'll have to check my notes on the fourth working when we get to that because I know that I can't remember. I, I think the second was about the most disruptive for me, but but there were it was kind of like a whole process throughout the the whole book really um, of disruptions. But I feel like the second one was it's definitely where the disruption started. Um, but the whole the whole six months, six to eight months, however long it took me, was a period of transition that I didn't really even realize until after the fact, you know, and then I sat down and was like, Oh, here I am now, you know, like, where was I a year ago? I was in a, you know, completely different spot. Um, not only physically, but mentally, I mean, not like I moved states or anything, but you know, just a different change of 
or uh, living situation and, and job wise. So, um, you know, you don't really realize until later on what's what's going on um, and you're able to credit the magic for that, you know, hopefully, um, as I was at least. All right. But I think it's important to emphasize that it's to not have fear of this ritual because that will definitely be carried into it with you. Um, you know, in the energy that you put into it, if there is any fear of, of what might happen, um, then you're almost allowing opening doors for, for worse things to happen or maybe how you'll respond to them. Because maybe I was naive in going to this ritual slightly where I wasn't, I didn't have any fear because I was like, well, what, what's going to happen? You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, and then, and then some stuff happened, but, um, but now almost the second time that now that I'm more aware of it, uh, there was one day where I was thinking like, oh snap, like, what am I going to, what's going to happen when I do the second ritual? And I can't have that mindset, you know, I just have to do it. And I'm not even there yet. I'm still doing the daily practice as of right now, but, um, but you know, I, I'm, I have the conscious awareness to, not have that fear, you know, now and, and just notice or just know and accept that whatever changes or disruptions may take place, which could be nothing, you know, they could be minimal or they could be, they could be extreme, you never know, um, that it's all part of what I am choosing to do, you know, with this magic and um, with acquiring the wealth that I want to have in this life and the next. Embracing it, yep. Embracing it, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think, I definitely think that's the way to go. And, um, you know, going into it with that thought pattern um, really helps you navigate and feel the magic. And, um, you know, it's, it's sort of like riding the bull, you know? It, you basically, you really get to feel the bull um, uh, when, you're, when you're actually like allowing it and, and sort of moving with it and not against it. Uh, terrible analogy. It's mostly a Texas analogy, but um, still, you know, um, I'm sure you get. I'm sure you get what I uh, what, what I'm trying to say. You know, go with the flow. Don't go against the current. And I think if you go with that in mind, things will be a lot more easier for you. I I do admit sure. that on both occasions when I did this, I mean it was. Um, definitely not easy for me to just go in this with a straight you know with a straight face or, or essentially with this kind of attitude this positive attitude or, or outlook so you know give yourself a little bit of sympathy it's okay if you don't but definitely go in with you know that that mindset that pixie is saying you know and and, and when you're walking into this really just just make the commitment tell yourself hey you know i'm gonna i'm gonna embrace this I'm going to let, I'm going to grow. Um, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a grown person. I'm going to be adult here about this. And, and this is what's needed. And if you're the type of person who believes that, you know, your, your past life can affect your future or um, that there's some sort of karmic debt or anything like this, um, you know, because I often had those thought patterns as well about my life because again as i have mentioned in the past every time that i attempted to do something um that was sort of in a positive direction for my wealth i always fell or went back you know three or four steps um but in general 
uh, like I said, just going, going, going in this path and, and following, um, following the ritual proper, uh, and, 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 and excuse me, and, and following it in this path is the, is, 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 is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, guys. So I think, uh, that about concludes it. It was a very good, good summary on how to approach this ritual and even this book in general. So uh, aside from that, we covered pretty much almost everything that I could think of we can think of. We have some experiences that we'd like to share on a different occasion with some people who've actually been through the ringer and have ex- very specific experiences. So keep an eye out for that when we decide to bring those people on board. And aside from that, That should be it for today. So I appreciate all of you guys for being here. Thank you for sharing all your experiences. Thank you for having us. Take care. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.